May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Our scripture is from Habakkuk 1, 1 through 4. This is the prophecy that Habakkuk received. Oh God, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me and strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous, therefore judgment comes forth perverted. And from Luke 19, 1 through 7. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see Jesus because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, Jesus has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. <laughs> well, this month, we have been exploring the superpowers of our community. Um, Brennan has offered several sermons looking at the power of authenticity. He introduced the idea of praxis, or critical thinking and reflection, combined with moralistic action. All powers of our community. And along the way, I've noticed that he has some really great visual aids. He's put right up here. Um, and so today, as I wrap up this mini-series with a reflection on the power to prophesy, I'll get, to those, I'll get to those in a second. So before I dive in, a brief word about what it means to be a prophetic witness and speaking prophetic words. Um, any, any thoughts out here in the crowd? What does it mean to be a prophetic witness? To tell the truth. To tell the truth. Yeah, who are you telling the truth to? To power. That's right. Amen. Gold star for everyone in the room. Uh, I do like to think of it as exactly that, speaking truth to power, um, which is often a dangerous thing to do. Quite regularly, the powerful only want more power and absolutely not truth, especially truth that might threaten their comfort and position of privilege. Now, the passage we heard from Habakkuk today is an example of an ancient prophet. In a time when loyalty to God was paramount, here's this prophet crying out, questioning the Most High, speaking the truths of his pain. And I see a lot of this these days, honestly. Folks saying, Boy, look at all that pain and injustice out there. How could God be real? 
They speak directly to the institutional church's theology that says, the Lord God will save through faith and sacrifice. Well, how much more needs to be sacrificed, they might say. When will we be saved from the tyranny of our age? Prophetic witness says that our energy is better suited not sitting in an expensive building, judging people we don't know, and giving up our God-given money so that pastor can buy another airplane. <laughs> Prophetic witness holds our elected officials accountable to the truth of reality. People are suffering, and it is the elected official's job to make life better for each citizen they represent, regardless of background and status. And this space right here, St. Luke sanctuaries, oftentimes up in our adult ed room, holds and bears witness to prophetic voices regularly. I've stood up here and been able and been inspired to speak prophetic statements like black lives matter, trans lives matter, climate change is a product of human industry. We've had guests and congregants do this as well. We do this because prophetic witness is another superpower of St. Luke. Here's one of my props. I meant to do that. <laughs> now, how many of you have ever used one of these or seen them used? Raise your hands. Look at that. Look at that. Did you see how many hands just went up? Because these are often used in protest marches, speaking truth to the powerful directly. And I mean, I just took an informal poll here, and we're well over 50% of y'all know have seen these in action or used them yourselves. And, you know, is that a slice? Is that, if, take any group of people. Do you think you'll have the exact same percentage seen these many used? I would say not. I have seen and heard the true stories of each of you on those lines, protesting, using your voice, being inspired, supporting others who use their voice. But prophetic witness isn't just political or systemic. It's personal, too. And we see Jesus living this out in our other scripture today through actions, embracing one who all of regular society says is wicked. So because of Jesus' faith that we are all children of God, deserving love and respect, he stays with a tax collector, and he gets pushback, not from those powerful lawmakers, but from the powerful social class, those who operate and live in the status quo, who can get by with a respectable job or carve out an admirable life. Those are positions of social power. And Jesus speaks truth to them, too, not caring for their judgment, but living his faith. And this happens right here at St. Luke, too. I've been sitting on our governing body, the session, for 
about five years now. And sure, I've seen a lot of unanimous votes, but I've also seen countless honest, frank discussions, passionate discussions with differing experiences and backgrounds, and several faithful dissenting votes. When the will of the session is clearly going one way, there are still in our community prophets among us who stand up and say to their friends and their peers, respectfully, I disagree. Speaking their truth to the power of general consensus. Now a powerful figure once said, there are all kinds of courage. It takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to our enemies, but just as much to stand up to our friends. Some of you may recognize this quote as being from the wizard Dumbledore, from the Harry Potter book series. And yet it's so true. It takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to our enemies, sure, but just as much to stand up to our friends, perhaps even more so. Which brings me to my last visual aid. This, now the woman who wrote these books, this is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. And the woman who wrote these books is very famous and rich. And she often likes to say things on Twitter, a very popular public forum for the exchange of comments where she has 14 million followers. And she likes to make transphobic statements, like, if sex isn't real, there's no same-sex attraction. If sex isn't real, the lived reality of women globally is erased. I know and love trans people, but erasing the concept of sex removes the ability of many to meaningfully discuss their lives it isn't hate to speak the truth. Now those statements, and others like it, have been used by politicians to justify anti-trans legislation because she is a popular celebrity. Standing her ground in her faith, speaking unpopular truths, she and her defenders say, yes, I respectfully dissent from the woke culture. For starters, I dissent from her. Namely because it's just not empirically true what she's saying. Sex assigned at birth is real. Female is a sex and is not a complete identity. It is a designation that someone else assigns people at birth. People can be assigned female, can be women, and often are, but they can also be men. And I don't want to derail this sermon on prophetic witness by launching into a gender 101 class. So if you have questions about this stuff, please talk to me afterward or consider signing up for our spring older owl cohort. But the point is, prophets speak unpopular truth for God. So if it's not true, it's not prophetic. If it oppresses the vulnerable, it's not prophetic. If it's not based in compassion, 
It's not prophetic. Because God, who so loved the world, was embodied in the ministry of Christ and calls us to uplift the oppressed. Seek justice for the poor and walk humbly along the divine in our world, not by pastor, a third airplane, or an expansion for their house. It is not prophetic for a billionaire to verbally strike down at trans kids who have no standing in society or the world. It is oppressive. It is prophetic witness to stand here and say that this is the last piece of Harry Potter franchise I will ever buy, even though I love it dearly. I really do. Because my faith commitments calling me to seek justice will not let me enrich her further. And I ask all of you to do the same. That's today's little prophetic call to action. I have found confidence in my prophetic voice because of this community. Where prophetic witness, the ability to speak uncomfortable, unpleasant truth to powerful people and systems is just a part of who we are. As well as embodying those prophetic words with prophetic actions. We speak it, and our actions follow up on it. I tell you, I thank God to have called me to serve this community. Plus, it just so happens that one of the people on the committee that called me to serve here has agreed to talk a little bit about how our ministries have impacted him and his families. So I'm going to invite him to come on up now, Chip. Um, and as he's making his way up, I'm going to invite us all to consider the transformative impact that is made when an institution such as this has the power of prophetic witness behind it in word and action, and how it wouldn't be possible without support and engagement from each of you in your own way and in your own circles. Chip. Thank you, Nora. So Nora asked me to write about and speak about what St. Luke means to my family. And I've talked in the past about the first Sunday we came, it was a Palm Sunday, around a decade ago. We came in and over there was a drum set. It wasn't being used. I mean, it was Palm Sunday. We're not that crazy. But for me, I was like, all right, I haven't done anything else here, but we're staying. <laughs> so uh, we had some other things that we wanted to check the boxes on, too. And one of those was we wanted a place where Tess would feel at home. You know, she came into the church, that this would be her space. She'd feel secure, and we found that as well. She's relayed that she loves the programs and the friends that she has here. And more than that, it's a safe, secure space for her. Now, she's a teenager, sophomore, 
we don't see her here as much. <laughs> She's here. <laughs> and, and, and it is, and the church is very important. I can tell you that, and you'll hear why. Um, for Laura and me, we were looking for a spiritual community. We had friends and family that were here already, and so that transition was made even easier. The drum set was just icing on the cake. And the community that we have here is nurtured by our friends. All the church programs, and forgive me if I forget something, but this was a quick listing of the things that came to mind. Music, deacons who were instrumental in supporting our family when Bretta passed this summer. Um, youth groups, of course, faith formation, missions, worship, and building and grounds all shepherded by our pastors and our lay leaders. It's easy to understand why I'd find the music piece important, but did you say building and grounds? Yes, I did. I can't believe the transformation of the outdoor spaces. It's nothing short of magical. Though, as we know, it's not magical at all. It takes a lot of planning and a lot of hard work. Add to that, another building and grounds project, the new kitchen. It's gorgeous. And it opens up our community to an even broader community. These are just a couple examples. They're not isolated. There's plenty of opportunities for all of us to plug in and support programming like this. That's the secret of our church. There's a community full of hardworking angels all of you, making these magical things happen by donating time and money. And as we know, none of that is secret. But every now and then we should be reminded. And investing in our church community pays dividends in so many ways. So I'm going to pass on some wisdom from Tess. The programs are creative and fun, yet still effective. <laughs> Thank you. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace. <laughs>